with trouble water, ice in my muddy water. Rich off a of mixtape, got rich off a of mixtape. Probably shouldn't be driving, it just got so much harder. Can't even see it straight, I can't even see it straight. Uh, fuck with me, I buy the shots. Live a little, cause niggas die. Uh huh. We are back. Uh, episode number, uh, who knows, like a thousand or something. But uh, I'm excited today. We are reviewing uh, Drake's sophomore album, Take Care. I brought a homie with me. He was brought back by popular demand. I think anytime I talk about Drake, I'm gonna have to bring back this guy onto the podcast. My man's, uh, my player partner, C Diddy. C Diddy, please introduce yourself. What's up, world? It's Corey here again, C. Diddy. Just up for another Drake review. Again, I'm a Drake realist, so there's going to be no slandering today, <laughs> as always. This is a, a safe Canadian space for Drake. Now that C. Diddy's on the uh, podcast, just so the listeners know, uh, I know this is not visual, so there's no way you could tell. But C. Diddy's in here with a uh, with a Canadian, what is that, the Blue Jays? <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays. Tor- you know. Toronto Blue Jays hat on. Had to, and, uh, had to represent. Yeah, you know, I know this player. <laughs> I know this. And then... <laughs> With that being said, with all the introductions out the way, oh, real quick, if you guys are listening to us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, please drop a review. It really helps us out, especially on iTunes. If you guys fuck with us, drop a review, hit us with that five golden stars. So let's get into this background check, just in case you guys don't know who this guy Drake is. Let's get it. Who does he think he is? I just told you who I thought I was. A god. I just told you. That's who I think I am. The guy, Drake, coming out of Toronto, Canada. Drake started his career as the wheelchair baller on Degrassi. Drake dropped out of that show to transition into music. His first two mixtapes, Room for Improvement, Comeback Season, caught the ear of Jay Prince's son, who showed his music to Lil Wayne. And then in 2009, Drake dropped the mixtape, So Far Gone. And ever since then, Drake's been living his best life. Wayne signed Drake in 2009 to Young Money, and since then, Drake has just become hip-hop's biggest commercial superstar, dropping albums and singles consistently. He's dropped albums like Thank Me Later, Take Care, Nothing Was The Same, If You're Reading This Is Too Late, What A Time To Be Alive, Views, More Life. Recently, he just dropped the single, uh, Nice For What. I thought today is only right that we take it all the way back to his sophomore album, Take Care, Corey, uh, C. Diddy, how are you feeling about this Take Care album when it dropped? Honestly, coming into this album, I was a little, uh, I was a little on the edge about it. It was released my son's birthday, November fifteenth, so I had a one year old oh, wow. that day. Just like, and he was born, he was born when uh, when Thank Me Later dropped, he, right? He, he was uh, on the he way. Was in the, yeah, he was in the womb okay. when that came out. Now this was his first birthday, so uh, I was hyped about that. But like I said, I was a little skeptical because. Drake had he had only produced gold for me uh, from <laughs> from uh, his first album, even the mixtape prior to was so far gone. It was like in my mind it said he could only go down from here. There's no way he could go even higher. So yeah. I was a little skeptical, but the the CD was gifted to me. It was really gifted to my son from one of my coworkers. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, so it was it was for the household, the Brown household. So it it was good because it was free. It's like Hot Cheetos. Anytime I have somebody else's hot Cheetos, they always taste better than when I have my own. (laughs) The CD to me was fired just off the top because I didn't have to pay for it. So, but again, we'll we'll get into that a little later. (laughs) All right. So this album dropped in 2011. 
And that was an interesting year because that year, Weekend was really making his splash onto the scene. So for me, when uh, I saw Weekend on this project, like especially like how heavy he's on this album and the writing credits that he got. He only got five for everybody who's... Five? That's a lot of writing credits, Corey Brown. Five out of 20, 21 songs if you're going off of the... uh, Deluxe album. And that's when you getting credit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so for me, 2011 was the year of The Weeknd. And so when Drake dropped this album, which if Weeknd was any bigger uh, C. Diddy, this album would be a collab album between <laughs> between The Weeknd and Drake. But Weeknd was still getting into the game. So for me, being a Weeknd fan, I was following the House of Balloons mixtapes. I was really excited to see Weeknd get a, a spot this big, being a part of Drake's uh, Drake's second album, So Heavy. So You know what? On that, that Weeknd topic, I was uh, listening to one of his Vibe. He had an interview with Vibe, and he was talking about the collaboration with this album specifically and was saying, he said, I gave up almost half of my album. Uh, I'll always be thankful for the light Drake shined on me. Um but again, he gave up half of his album. Dude, he got five song credits. How was half of his album gone with those song credits? I would say most albums only need to be about ten or twelve <laughs> songs along. This song, this album has how many songs does this album Depending have? Depending on the version you have, it could go up to twenty-one. Twenty-one. That's too many songs. But we'll get into that later. And uh, with that being said, uh, this album has twenty to twenty-one songs. And we're going to hop into our highlight record. Bow down and kneel to greatness. All right, C. Diddy, uh, 21 Records. Uh, is there something you fucking with? What's your highlight record? What is the best song on this album? The best song on the album. Um, you got to go all the way down. If you got the original copy, it was only 17 tracks. So you go all the way down to the second to last. And that's uh, Look What You've Done. It's like 09 in your basement and I'm in love with Nebby. And I still love her, but it fell through because I wasn't ready. And your back hurt, and your neck hurt, and you smoking heavy. And I sit next to you, and I lecture you because those are deadly. And then you ask it, and we argue about spending money on bullshit. And you tell me I'm just like my father, my one button. You push it, and ask fuck you, I hate you. I move out in a heartbeat, and I leave out, and you call me, and you tell me that you're sorry. My thing with that out, that song, it was... Uh... He was paying homage to his mom, his uncle, his grandma. Um, and, you know, we all, we all got we got family out there, so it was just touching just to listen to, to him highlight just all of the sacrifices that they've done for him to get to where he is. And um, just a real low-key vibe. It was different from the rest of the album, and um, I was pleasantly surprised listening to all of his verses with things like him talking about his mom with her painkillers that she was taking. You know he dropped. He had to cancel a whole European tour over a surgery that she had. So it was, oh, like, wow. yeah, it was real. It was real for him. So that was my my highlight record of this entire album. Yeah, for me, I got more to get into this song a little later on in this podcast when we hit the general side because I want to kind of use this song and uh, add it into another. But with this song, I would say, uh, look what you've done. We get introspective Drake. So I would just say. I think we could all universally agree that the best version of Drake is introspect- <laughs> introspective Drake. So uh, the things he's saying on there, uh, it's very easy to relate to the emotional landscape that he lays out as a human being. If you know you have anybody in the world that cares about you, it's pretty easy to relate to this song. So look what you've done. I was actually close to being my highlight record. I'm going to hop into 
Track number 17, Practice. Girl, you look good, want you back that ass up. You'll find my fucker, want you back that ass up. Copy Big Daddy, want you back that ass up. Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. You're working with some mash, yeah, you're bad, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Girl, you're working with some mash, yeah, you're bad, Girl, you're working with some mash, yeah, you're bad, yeah Make a nigga spend his cash, yeah, his last, yeah Hoes frown when you're past, yeah, they mad, yeah Couple thousand on your bag, yeah, fuck, yeah I'm a big-time nigga, yeah, money flipper, yeah Get it understood And uh, on track 17 practice, we get Drake's full package Pause <laughs> 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 On practice, on practice, we get Drake This record leans heavy on uh, nostalgia With the reworking of Juvie's Back That Ass Up we get the super combo of Drake. He's singing. He's rapping. He's giving us the nostalgia. You know what that's called, uh, Corey Brown? No, what do you call it? The OVO special, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Drake loves singing. Drake loves rapping. And his group and his team on OVO love sampling records from the 90s. So that's what they do. That's the OVO special. Singing, rapping, nostalgia. Doesn't everybody do that? I heard Cardi... Uh... Be careful. I hear it doing a little bit of all of that. So I think well, everybody's buying Drake style. Can I cook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody do buy Drake style. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> and uh but but in practice does a great job of just updating Juvie's back that ass up into the, the two thousands for all the thousand babies out there that's not gonna go back and listen to Juvie's back that ass up. And the hook, girl, you look good, won't you back that ass up? Will forever be dope. Especially if you drunk in the club, this hook will always have everyone grooving. And the verses, Drake just does an amazing job switching through the traditional big timers flow into like the modern melodic flow. The way Drake transitions from singing to rapping back to singing throughout the whole song is flawless. Track 17 is a B-side album cut and it's just delivering way more than it's supposed to. So to me, uh, practice just hands down the best song on the album is literally doing everything right. Drake's singing his money. Drake's rapping his money. Uh, the beat from the OVO crew, money. OVO crew, I thought I told you. And uh, that's, this is the one. How you feel about practice? You know what? I'm 100% behind you. Um, th again, this is towards the end of the album, so you wouldn't expect the end of anybody's sophomore album to be as great as this is, but you get look what you've done, uh, you get practice, you get the right. So you got just it's classics, and this is at the the B at the side. End. Yeah, yeah, this is the end of the album. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this, and of course I love the original. Alright, so oh, Corey's getting into it. So let's hop into this general side of this podcast. Special cloth alert, <laughs> big bezel alert, pinky <laughs> ring. It's special cloth. Look at the fabric somewhere. Alright man, uh, Special Cloth, this album is pretty long, I'm pretty sure we could find some Special Cloth on here And I think um, this album, Take Care, gives us the best balance of Drake that any other album has given us Like, we really get good rapping Drake, we really get good singing Drake So on this general side, I kind of want to break it down into those two separate types of Drakes So let's start with rapping Drake, what moment on this album do you think, think uh, Drake's really showing out? As a rapper on this album, rapping wise, so yeah, like you said, Drake, he did have a a lot of a lot of hits on this album, whether it was singing or rapping. Um, one of my main highlights, as far as just rapping, it would have to be "Over My Dead Body" the intro. Oh yeah, that yeah. one was super that, nice. Yeah, that to open up the album, 
it just, it was unbelievable. I think I killed everybody in the game last year, man, fuck it, I was on, though. And I thought I found a girl of my dreams at the strip club, mm-mm, fuck it, I was wrong, though. Shout out to all my niggas living tax-free, nowadays it's six figures when they tax me, oh well, guess you lose some. Him having a conversation with himself, that's what the chorus was, at the beginning part with the lady singing, um, him talking about the rap game, just about how... He's not going to let it go over his, over his dead body. He's going to leave all this alone. And just him opening up the just the, the whole thing. Just I, I think I killed everybody in the game last, last year. year man. Yeah. Dude, that, Fuck that, it, we was on, though. I put that song on today and was just feeling it on the ride over. Just like, yeah, this is this is fire. And this was back in 2011. Like, Drake, yeah. this is only a sophomore album. Man. Yeah. I, and this is a, this is early Drake. So Drake is just like really be growing into the superstar that he's become today. And he has bars on that uh, on that song that just kind of like proves it where he's like, shout out to all my niggas living tax-free. Nowadays, six <laughs> figures when they tax me. It's like Drake is really starting to make money in this spot. Like, we have to get to this point before we get to the point with uh, Drake handing out million dollars in music videos it's on God's, God's plan. plan. You know, God's this plan. is the first taste. Yeah, this is you all know, God's yeah, plan. yeah. <laughs> this is all part of God's plan, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's a that's intro song over my dead body. It was nice that Drake kind of just like right away on the album hit us with bars and then let us know that he's still on that rapping shit right away. I'm gonna clump these two songs uh together because earlier we were talking about it. And I want to bring up track number 13, Look What You Done, Your Highlight Record, and track number 18, The Ride. Both these records are just, you just get hit with Introspective Drake. And like I said earlier, man, Introspective Drake is Drake at his best. And then um, Drake is just delivering on both tracks. His verses are filled with so much to unpack, whether it's him giving soul-touching thank yous to family members on Look What You Done, or him struggling with the stardom after struggling to get that stardom on the ride. Drake just does a great job of like painting a picture of the landscape he's living in on both records and makes you feel like you're a part of his life on both those songs. So great job to Drake with the writing. And uh, on the ride, Drake drops one of my favorite bars on the whole album when he says, when your girlfriend's ass keeps getting thicker than the plot does. <laughs> Very nice, Drake. Very nice. <laughs> I, did you uh, you have any thoughts on those two records? I uh, see Diddy. You know what? My favorite line was, um, "You know you made it when your latest nights is your greatest nights." Yeah, that's and a nice one too. Song, it, it it hit me because I mean we all know people from back in high school where their greatest greatest nights was back then. So it, <laughs> now this is post college. This is this is fan post marriage. I mean, this is everything later on in life. And now, because that's how I was feeling. Like, man, my latest is my greatest. And yeah. I know these people who their latest was way, way back then. Word. But, yeah. And the, one final thought on uh, the opener with that, that Mac Dre shout out. My city love you like Mac Dre in the yeah. Bay. We can't forget about that. Man. Yeah. That oh, yeah. And that's a great point that you brought up. And it's funny that uh, he opens up, just so you guys know, uh, me and C. Diddy, we from Cali. Uh, we from the Bay Area, so uh, Mac Dre bars stick out more no, to no. us than like other people. And I would say it's funny that this album opens with a Mac Dre bar on track number one, Over My Dead Body. 
and then kind of closes with a oh, Mac Dre bar right. on track number 19, yeah. the model. They love me in the Bay like Mac Dre. <laughs> so a uh, great little uh, callback right there for sure. And uh, when it comes to rapping Drake, I want to bring up track number three, Headlines. And to me, as soon as this record opens up, you get hit with... I might be too strung out on compliments, overdose on confidence, started not to give a fuck and stop fearing the consequence, drinking every night because we drink to our accomplishments, faded way too long, I'm floating in and out of consciousness? Sound of alarm. I think we just got the first taste of champagne poppy. I think that's the first taste we got of champagne poppy. And uh, second verse, uh, Drake still feeling himself. Champagne poppy vibes. You get hit with soap opera rappers sound like all my children. Very nice. And just like you uh, brought up earlier in episode C. Diddy, a lot of these rappers are out here sounding like Drake's children. And uh, Drake drops uh, this line later on in the song where he says... uh, Tuck my napkin in my shirt. I'm just mobbing like that. And to me, that's the first taste we got of um, parody Drake. And what I mean about parody Drake is whatever inspired Drake to say, tuck my napkin in my shirt, I'm just mobbing like that, which is a silly line. The same thing that inspired him to write that is the same thing that inspired him to put on the dance moves on Hot Light and Bling. <laughs> it's the same thing that inspired him to put on that wig on that Walk It Like I Talk It music video. So that to me is like the first taste we got a parody Drake. And then so um, Headlines, even though it's a radio record that's very easy to look, look over, I think it's a record that gives us a lot of uh, different versions of Drake to up until that point, we really haven't got it. Like uh, Champagne Poppy, like I don't think we got that until we got Headlines. True. Uh, parody Drake, I don't think we got parody Drake until we got headlines. And so uh, uh, track number three, headlines, even though it's a radio record that's kind of like easy to look over, it's delivering way more undertone that uh, most people are just even missing. So I want to make sure we point that out. You know, to piggyback off of what you said was uh, he had a Billboard interview and he even mentioned, he said, by no means is this the best song on the album. It's really just a song for the moment right now. Yeah. And he's like, I always put forth a song with a message. So he wasn't trying to put forth his best song to open out or to put out for it for mainstream. He just wanted just how he was feeling at yeah. the moment. That's when champagne was. Yeah, and then to piggyback on what you said, man, I saw this tweet on Twitter and then uh, it was one of the realest shit I've ever seen. I'm probably going to be repeating this anytime we review Drake. Is Drake doesn't make timeless music. Like, like, at the moment when Drake drops a song, it'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then, like, three years later, you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, the song's okay. You know? Right. So, Drake doesn't make timeless Drake doesn't make timeless music, but what Drake does better than anybody else is that he makes timely music. It's like Drake gives us exactly what we need at that moment, and Drake's the best at doing it, and Headlines is one of those examples, and then... Um, Nice for what is another example of like it's just perfect timing. God's plan was perfect timing. See, I think uh, those would be timeless. So I think I see. I don't years from now you'd be in church and you hear. I don't know if those are timeless because it takes me back to like when uh, Drake was sampling like African beat uh, uh, instrumentals, like on the. uh, Mm-hmm, we coming home. It's like when yeah, he, it's like man, I still listen. To I don't think song. that's timeless. Like uh, to me, like uh, for me, timeless music is something where like you put it on in the car, and no matter who's in the car, you know you feel comfortable. For me, sometimes when I put on some of those old Drake songs, I feel a little bit uncomfortable based on who's in the who's in the car. You just yeah hater though. So oh all right. <laughs> oh all right. 
right. <laughs> All right. So let's get back into this album. We got uh, 20 records, Corey Brown, Rappin' Drake. Uh, is there any more Rappin' Drake we need to make sure we bring up? Uh, you know what? H-Y-F-R. Hell yeah, fucking right. Hey, man. Track number 16. Boy, his verse. <laughs> Tell me. Look, in the car. you Not in the car trying to get that. All my exes live in Texas like I'm George Strait. <laughs> oh, they go to Georgia State where tuition is handled by some random nigga that live in Atlanta. This, man, you the trying pace, to get that yeah, all yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> Texas live in Texas like I'm George Strait Or they go to Georgia State where tuition is handled by some random nigga that live in Atlanta That she only see when she feels obligated Admitted it to me the first time we dated But she was no angel and we never waited I took her for sushi, she wanted to fuck So we took it to go, told him don't even play it And we never talked too much after I blew up Just only hello, a happy belated And I think I texted her and told her I made it And that's what she texted Everybody does that, try and get that whole verse down Nobody can do it Yeah, the, the pacing on that, uh, on his first verse was definitely super Super nice, but hey, call me a hater. The star on the record is Little Wayne. Oh. To me, to me, on hell yeah, fucking right. Wayne has the the shining spot on the song, and he has a shining spot on the album. To me, the energy that Wayne brought to the hook was absolute fire. Hell yeah, hell yeah, fucking right. It's like Drake can't bring that energy because Drake ain't willing to fuck up his life with bad decisions the way Wayne can. You know, like yeah, Wayne yeah. is really living that life. Wayne is putting his life on the line yeah, to be the rapper that Wayne is portraying. He's Drake ain't doing that shit. <laughs> you know, like when they say when when when, uh, when Wayne talks about like questionable friends in his circle, and he's like, "These are people you trust." He's like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah." He really feel that way, and that's what makes the song tight. And that's that energy that only Wayne could bring. And then, uh, and then uh, his verse was hot. I, I met a female dragon. We had a fire conversation. Yeah, like, like come on, man. Uh, Wayne was really was shining on that song. The only time it gets a little shaky for Wayne is when he says uh, he was drunk and aggressive. Yeah, and then he, was <laughs> I gave her a pill. She started undressing. Yeah, me. I was like, oh, yeah. Lord. So Wayne shows up. He's drunk. He's aggressive. He gave the girl a pill. Then she starts undressing. That was a little bit rapey. I'll admit it. That's a little bit rapey. That's but everything, yeah. But everything else Drake does on that song is uh, pretty much money. I just want to make sure I, I, I bring up those handful of bars that Wayne said that were questionable at at minimum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my my last rapping Drake because. Like you said, this is a big album, so yeah. there's a lot of lot yeah. We of can't bring up every song. Yeah, yeah, but we'll be fine, man. His verse, his verses, and we'll be fine. The it just I really enjoy listening to that song even today, just listening to his verse on it, not so much the chorus, but his verses. Yeah, I feel like we'll be fine. Like his verses are cool, but the song's kind of bogged down by everything else. Like it has a the hook is kind of whatever. Yeah, and to me, the beats kind of whatever. And then you get closed out with a Birdman talking, yeah. which is, you know. We'll and save, he, save that part. We'll save it, but just so you know, whenever you see Birdman on the album, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, while we're still on Rapping Drake, I want to jump into track number 11, Lord Knows. Uh, man, first shout out to Jess Blaze because this instrumental is absolutely flames. All we wanted was opportunity. Just play. Lord knows. It's your worst nightmare. It's my first night here. And this girl right here, who knows what she knows. So I'm going through a phone. If she go to the bathroom and a purse right there, I don't trust these hoes at all. But that's just a result of me. This beat is just made for bars. And that's exactly what Drake gave us. There's no real hook on Lord knows. It's just bars. 
Drake littered this record with bars like drinks on the house like Snoopy. Mm-hmm. All the white ghosts, now the shit's getting spooky. I'm a I'm a chef like Mrs. Field. I'm making the cookie stretch. Man, it's just like Drake is just sprinkling bars throughout the whole record. And I would say the record closed with Ross, and then Ross also gets a beat switch from Just Blaze. I would say Ross's verse was a little bit forgettable, and that's why we also get like a beat switch. I felt like Ross's verse needed help. That's why we got that beat switch. But uh, Drake, Drake alone, man, uh, his verse on there, I would say that's one of his better rapping throughout the whole album is on track 11, Lord knows. You know, that's funny you would say that because I honestly... I enjoy Rick Ross' verse more than Drake's. Wow. And, and I like Drake's verse. Yeah, wow. But I mean, I, I liked it, man. I fell in love with the pen, started it's fucking the ink. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you think that was tight? Ross's, no. Ross's <laughs> verses and his ad libs, man. I, I'm. Yeah, he has tight ad libs. He like Jeezy. His ad libs is true, money. True. I still be in the car like, woo, just for no reason. Woo. <laughs> 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 Only fat nigga in the sauna with juice, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> I guess so. I guess you're right. I love that verse. <laughs> but I feel like his verse is helped by the beat switch, though. True, I, I would true. say that. And, and, and his ad libs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would say, uh, real quick before we flip over to R&B, Drake, I would say verse eight, Underground Kings. To me personally, yeah. um, I don't always relate to Drake because I'm not as sensitive as a human being as he, as he is. <laughs> but I would say verse one of Drake on uh, Underground Kings is just kind of like to me like almost a summary of my life bridge over troubled waters i said my muddy water rich off a mixtape you know i didn't get rich off a mixtape but (laughs) but like that's how i feel like bridge over troubled water i said my muddy water like it really be like that and then him just making a record as like homage to little wayne and like uh and all the underground kings out there putting Mm -hmm. mixtape to me was just like that's mad love because at this point at this point when drake dropped uh, take care he was already bigger than Lil Wayne. And it, it, to me, the thing that I like most about Drake is like, no matter how big Drake gets, like he always gives uh, nods to people that came before him, like whether it's Wayne, UGK, uh-huh. anybody else. Like Drake stays showing love, even though he's like biting their sound and making mad money off of them. But. Not biting. He's. he's- Inspired by their sound, I would say that. Yeah, he's evolving the sound. But uh, what Drake does that I feel is respectable is that Drake does show a lot of love to the people that he borrows from. And Underground Kings is like a great example of like Drake doing his thing, making money, making great records off of a sound, and at the same time showing love to all the people that kind of inspired him to be the rapper that he is today. So Underground Kings, especially verse one, always special to me. And uh, yeah, Corey, you got anything to add to that? And if not, we're going to hop into R&B Drake. I'm, I'm ready for R&B. All right. R&B Drake. Where you think he's uh, showing out, make you want to slow dance with your lady too. What, is that anywhere on this album? Oh, uh, now that is, but... I want to start off with track number two, Shot For Me. What? Hell yeah. That'll make me want to slow dance, but, uh, you know, it just, it makes me, I feel like him. He feels some type of way, you know? He's got him taking shots for him, like, hey, this is as good as you're going to have it. This is the best you ever had to go back to his previous single. Um, So, yeah, this is the best that they're ever going to have. I actually have a couple things to say about track number two, Shot For Me, but... We gonna hold that on for a little bit later, cause I'm gonna break that down when we flip over to the other side of this podcast. But uh, shout for me, that's very interesting that you brought that up. Yeah, and uh, 
for me, let's just skate over it like this never happened. And I want to jump into track number four, Crew Love. And then uh, I know right now we're talking about R&B Drake. And this is primarily a weekend song. You know, when Weekend said I gave up half my album, he might be specifically talking about uh, Crew Love. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> this is the one song that was his and Drake's sound. Yeah, so. because I know we talking about R and B Drake, but this song is primarily a weekend song. Um, he dominates the song. I think Drake really only has one verse. But to me, this is Weekend's breakthrough record. Uh, for those that's not paying attention to his mixtapes. This song was a huge platform for Weekend to kind of break through and shine. And uh, the songwriting, especially from the Weekend, She's Loving the Crew, uh, that songwriting kind of comes down in a long line of um, hip-hop writing. You know, it, it, it's the, the history of It Ain't No Fun, If the Homies Can't Have None type records. This song is the musical embodiment of a, a, a group of guys feeling themselves Drinking in the kitchen before they go out that night to uh, go try to find some poo nanny and uh, crew love just uh, the perfect song for a group of four guys to listen women. to with no could, chicks. Could be women. They, they could be there, but they, they're not necessary though. I've seen crews. I've, I, know, I have a friend who's had crews of women that uh, try and get him to do something strange to all of them. So <laughs> it, it can go either way. Yeah, either way. But crew love uh, is definitely the group. The group record that's. Uh, you can enjoy it when you're trying to get some, you know, some love for yourself mm-hmm. and for your friend at the same time. Because, you know, it's always more fun with uh, the friend. And <laughs> 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 you know, with that being said, let's move on. And uh, <laughs> Cody Brown, anything more to add about Crew Love or do you want to uh, move on to another record? You know what? I, I, did, I did like Crew Love. Mainly for Drake's verse. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wow. So I was surprised you put that in the R and B side because that was that was more rapping Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, the weekend I'm not really a fan of. I wasn't a fan of at wow. this point in time. Wow. Um, so yeah, his. Do you like weekend right now? No. Oh wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't, oh. I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't hate. I don't dislike. Yeah, I, just, but you, I prefer Miguel. I think Miguel's better than The Weeknd. I think The Weeknd, his songs all sound the same. That's so fair enough. I don't like that. Um, but Word. I'm not going to I'm down with Miguel over a uh, weekend, too. Uh, matter of fact, I'll put that up as a poll when we drop this episode. Who do you prefer more, a weekend or Miguel? We'll put and, Frank Ocean. Because and I we'll put Frank Ocean there, too? All right. We'll do that, too. Yeah. All right. So uh, back to R&B, Drake, C. Diddy. What are you feeling? Doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. That's uh, that's the one. Cry if you need to, but I can't stay to watch you. That's the wrong thing to do, man. That, this man Drake. This is when I realized, like, hey, he's a legitimate R and B singer. This isn't just play. Like in his last album, he had to dream with him. So now he's got his own R and B song with just him. Doing the verses, doing the hook. And- See, this R&B Drake part, I think this is going to cause a lot of friction in this podcast. Because doing it right ain't doing nothing but putting me to sleep. Doing it wrong ain't doing nothing but putting me to sleep. It's just like the song title said. It's doing it wrong. It's too slow. <laughs> Drake is too emotional. And it's just a little bit too much. To me, doing it wrong is kind of like the embodiment of this album cover where you see Drake kind of looking down sadly by himself. Uh, just with like it's a nice area. That's what the beat is. It's nice. The songwriting, it's nice. It's a nice area, just like Drake on this album cover. But just like Drake in the album cover, I'm looking down and I'm kind of unimpressed. Uh, see, <laughs> That's what I am with doing you it. You know wrong. what? And and it may be because 
you and your lady have been together since y'all was kids. This was like high school. I remember y'all. I was in high school. Y'all was together. So you haven't had that. Oh, we get behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. She did he. She did he about to drop my government name yeah, on the know, podcast. My, 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 my. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I've been with my lady since this song been out, Corey. <laughs> yes. So you know what? You don't have anybody that, that you could... Uh, they you I, have I to lie to and say like because because I relate like because you'll say you love me and I'll end up lying and say I love you too man I used to always say back in the day a long 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 time ago tell women what they want to hear you know you yeah. say you love me I'm yeah. a lie and say I love you yeah. too matter of fact uh, <laughs> I hope I hope your wife ain't listening to this C Diddy uh, don't tell her to listen to this episode because I'm gonna drop this C Diddy was telling me when I when we was in high school said the number one rule. To keeping oh. the lady, <laughs> the rule one of the player uh, manuscript is uh, chapter one is deny, deny, deny. That's Whatever the truth is, uh, Corey, you hear it, so you could go special, ahead and tell it. Special cloth, yeah. That was some special cloth, man. Um, that that was that's the man rule, man law number one. Deny, deny, deny. I, if I wrote a book, that would be chapter number one, and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Word. we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that yeah. Was a long yeah, time that's ago. a long that's... time ago. We different people now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the, that being said, um, I'm gonna bring up the real her. To me, it's a, a solid R&B record on this album, track number 14. It has a, a Lil Wayne feature and an Andre 3000 feature. To me, the song overall is kind of like a weaker version of Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. It's like, uh, to me, every time I listen to that song, I wish I was listening to Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Mm. But it's a solid song. And to me, the bright spots on it is a Lil Wayne feature and the Three Stacks feature. All of them ain't all equipped. And this saddens me. I see the packing order. Quote, unquote, bad bitches work the whole flow. Those that get laughed at sit off in a corner. Like a lab rat, nobody wanna. Niggas that are married don't wanna go home, but we look up to them. They wish they were us. They want some new trim. We lust for some trust. Now the both of us are colorblind because the other side looks greener. Which leaves your turf in a Boise state. Can't see a- But we get R&B Drake here, and um, it's okay. Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, you know what? That was another song that I really enjoy, even to this day. He gave a shout out to the weekend in there too. With the weekends here started it right. You could take it one or two ways: actual <laughs> weekend or paying homage to the weekend for helping them out. But yeah, with the Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, even with the chorus, he called out all three cities also. Mm-hmm. Just um, just talking about the plethora of women that's out there mm-hmm. right now. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that song as well. So mm-hmm. no complaints here. And then if we're talking about R and B Drake, there's one song we definitely have to talk about, and uh, for all the scumbags out there. That's a uh, track number six, Marvin Room. Oh, See, Diddy, you have any, hey, you have any, th- yeah, you have any man. thoughts on Marvin's Room? I love Marvin's Room, and, and not for reasons that you may think. Not, not being a scumbag, but being on the receiving end of those phone calls. You know, I, mm. I've had that. I've had that. I don't even know if my wife knows. Post marriage, I had those <laughs> phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> talking about, uh, yeah, she, it, it was wild, and. I'm yeah. not gonna say no names. Yeah, yeah. Better that you know them. I mean, I'm not gonna I fuck with no you names. enough to edit it out, if you, even if you did. Yeah. So I, I've experienced that with the the drunk calls, and I'm yeah. like, Are you drunk right now? Yeah. And they just, you want to go just out? You can do better. That's yeah. You want to go out me. to the club? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been out for a minute. <laughs> so I, yeah, I've been on the receiving end of them uh, crazy calls. So I, I really enjoy Marvin's room. It goes back to to the um, first album. Just how relatable it was. Yeah, track six, Marvin's Room, I would say is a very relatable song. 
we've all been there, you know, till two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, especially if you're a fella, you coming home, you shot your shot and bricked. Mm-hmm. So you coming home half chub. <laughs> <laughs> you sound, you sending out those uh, last minute, you know, phone calls, those half court shots, and uh, <laughs> and Marvin Rube is pretty much that record. And now that I've grown up as a human being, like uh, my man C Diddy said, I've been with my lady for a long time. So morally, I cannot stand behind this song, no. <laughs> even I, though I can't either. I just know some people who uh, yeah called me talking this nonsense. Even though this is uh, a player hating record, it, it, it's still one of a kind type song. I can't think of a, like another song to bring up that kind of runs in the same lane as Marvin's Room. But even with all that aside, I can't get along with Drake calling up his old chick just to hate on her man. It's just like, <laughs> come on, player. What part of the game is this? Yeah, what part desperate. of the game? That man was desperate. I, at least with you, C. Diddy, like it's chicks calling up, hating on chicks. We know girls, not till recently did they uh, become unified. Yeah, like, real. fellas, for we've real. been unified for a minute. So, like, a guy calling up just to hate, like, what part of the game is this? It's happy with a good guy. But I've been drinking so much that I'm a caller anyway and say, fuck that nigga that you love. Like, come Y'all really out here supporting that shit. And I don't want anybody coming on my Twitter and trying to defend Marvin Room talking about don't hate the player, hate the game. That ain't the game. That's just hate. And I'm living in 2018. I want to say love over hate. So I can't get down with this record. So uh, Marvin's Room, swerve, even though it's a record one of a kind. Truly, truly. Like, I can't find another song that I could kind of say is running in the same lane. And uh, R&B Drake. So for me, this is kind of where I draw the line. I would say I do enjoy Take Care with Rihanna. I, I don't know if that's R&B Drake, but it's kind of like pop R&B Drake with Rihanna. Yeah, just like yeah. a, a great record I could just kind of boogie to whenever it comes on. And that's about it for me for R&B Drake. What about you? Yeah, you I know see what's funny with Marvin's Room, though, is Forty was saying, his producer was saying, Drake... He didn't even want to put that song on the album. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, I feel it. He just didn't think it, it went with the objective of the album. And Forty was like, nah, I say the course. I keep it on there. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, call, come on, man. Everybody's remix that, too. Yeah, man. that's why you got to keep your team tight. Because even though, like, Marvin's Room, for all the reasons that I said, is a record that shouldn't work, is a record that we should all, as m- Men dislike. It's it is special. It is special. <laughs> it is special. Again, and, um, um, yeah. Go ahead, America. I, I do not condone the Marvin's romantics. I, that's not me. <laughs> that's not me. That's yeah. women that I've seen do that. That's yeah. how I can relate to yeah. it. Not myself. Yeah. Do not hate on another man to build My yourself up. My wife is going to be listening to this. I guarantee it. Guarantee um, she's listening. Well, Shelby, I've only heard positive <laughs> things about you. <laughs> With that being said, let's hop into the dislike side of this podcast. <laughs> no, no, because I don't fuck with nobody. Yeah, I don't fuck with nobody, like at all, nobody. So it's very simple. All right, man. Uh, see, Diddy, we've been giving this uh, Take Care Drake album a lot of love, man. Is there anything in this album you would take out? We have 20 songs on the album. Was there anything you weren't feeling from Drake? You know what? What's funny is... um. 
one song that wasn't even a song when I first bought the record. It was an interlude. It was the interlude to Marvin's Room, and it was that Buried Alive, Kendrick Lamar. Ah, the Kendrick, uh, the Kendrick the, spot. I, I, I fall asleep. I, I'm like, wait, what, what does this do? What's wrong with this dude? Why is he intentionally? I, I, I fall Sutter, asleep. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like t- t- today, Junior. Like, I, <laughs> I hated that Kendrick verse. This was the first time I ever even heard Kendrick. My wow, cousin, yeah, my cousin, really? My cousin was on him heavy. And I, this was the first thing I said. I'll never listen to this dude. This is Kendrick Lamar. Nope, never. Wow. Get, and I wouldn't. I didn't. T- I didn't, wouldn't listen to any Kendrick features until Good Kid, Mad City. I wow, heard that that's and, crazy. Yeah, uh, so. so you know, I'm glad you brought that up because when I first heard Kendrick, it was uh, during Section 80, which was before this album. Kendrick blew up pretty much with that Section 80 uh, mixtape, which it dropped into Drake's lap. Drake loves Section 80. And he wanted to have a special spot on his album just for Kendrick Lamar. But I would say I would agree with you, man. Um, it just seems out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I don't get the point of the record. Uh, sonically, it doesn't sound great. Kendrick Lamar, like, I don't think he sounds innovative on it. It just sounds like it's just like noise for no reason. Throughout the whole length of the album, like, it didn't add anything to it. There is no callback to that song. So it's literally just doing his own thing. If I was introduced to Kendrick for the first time through this interlude, I'd be like you. Like, I wouldn't be checking him. So I I think this might have hindered more than helped, even though uh, Drake was trying to help having him on the spot. This is the first first negative thing I've ever heard you say about Kendrick Lamar. And it's on Drake's album. (laughs) So, so, you know, the story continues. (laughs) And then for me, man, um, I would say this album, 20 songs... It runs an hour and a half long. I would just say it's just too much Drake, man. So we got to cut some songs out. Drake drops this line in this album where he goes, uh, all your flows is boring me, paint drying. And that's how I kind of feel about the middle end of this album. It's track 12, cameras, track 13, doing it wrong, track 14, the real her. We could go ahead and get those tracks the fuck out of the paint. Damn. Those three songs to me are so average, I won't break it down deeper. Like They're not the worst songs in the world, but honestly, do I need them in my life? No, I'm never going back to them. And then track two, Take a Shot for Me. See, Diddy, I'm about to apologize beforehand everything I'm about to say about this song. But <laughs> track two, Take a Shot, is emotional, hot garbage. Drake's emotional pride on this song is unbearable. There's nothing worse than somebody being fake humble, and that's what Drake is throughout this whole song. The slow pacing tone of the song makes this four-minute runtime feel like a legit 15-minute song. If you if you like this song, that means you probably sleep curled up with your thumb in your mouth. If you legit listen to Take a Shot for Me and you relate to it, you probably softer than the tissue that Drake used to wipe his tears. Dang, shots fired. Yeah, man. I'm sorry, C. Diddy. That's one of my favorites. Even Lil Wayne said that was I one know. of his favorites. I know, I know. And I'm looking at you, and you man. look, and you look like I could punch right through you. It's a shame you didn't keep it, Alicia, Katia, I know that you gon' hear this, I'm the man, yeah, I said it, bitch, I'm the man, don't you forget it, the way you are, that's me, 
the way you talk, that's me. The song is cocky as fuck. Yeah, it's just like it's like Mike, like he's feeling Mike, himself. Yeah, this is Mike Jones back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on. That's this is what it is. Yeah, like but you can't ride to that shit. You can ride to that. That hook stay till today. Oh. Take a shot for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Like come on, bro. Come on, I, I but but back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Like you could you could run that back today, but uh oh oh oh. Like man, that, that's 2011 to the most, and uh, you can't run that back no more. I don't know. So yeah, I think if you knock those four songs out, you knock about like 30 minutes off the album, so you get the album down to about 16 to 15 songs. That runtime is about an hour to 50 minutes. And I'm I'm thinking you got yourself a a, a pretty close to classic album See, if you I, knock those songs out. I got to disagree because Drake is reaching out to all the people. He's not just speaking to the people that's been in love since they was kids and never experienced it. <laughs> he's, he's speaking to you. Know, you know, oh, oh you taking shots back? You know? Oh shit! This is everybody. This is for the ones who have have loved and lost and loved again. You know, this is for the ones who, the grimy ones who out here calling, talking about your dude yeah, or the yeah. person you with. So, so if, you, if you like for Shop everybody. For Me, yeah. So if you like Shop For Me, you probably relate to Marvin's Room. Is that what you're saying? That, that's a, that's, ah. Uh, it go hand in hand? Kind of, but because Shop For Me, he's saying like, look, even setting the line. Um, I never cheated for the record back when I was with you, but you believed in everything but me. So he's talking to the ones like, hey, look, I never wronged you. You believe what everybody else said. Now I'm the man. You know this? So yeah. you take a shot for me because this is as good as it's getting for you. Marvin's Room, that's just them being, him being shady. Like, hey, I see the dude you with. You know, so you can relate to the shot for me and not really be that Marvin's room guy. Or um, okay, so you know, but you haven't loved and lost. That's the problem. Yeah, man. that's you right. That's right. Love. I fall for mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what it is. So people, I feel like the majority they can relate to this. Like you are an anomaly, man. You got the the high school one. That that doesn't happen every day. Whoa, I'm about to start crying. <laughs> With that being said, Diddy, do you have anything else you disliked on this album? You know what? Um, it's been a lot of Drake slander. I Drake was excellent, you know. Again, Birdman was trash. Birdman. The, the features Forever Trash. Here, yeah, the features on here were significantly better than his debut album, Thank Me Later. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Birdman, he could he shouldn't have been on this album whatsoever. He was absolutely terrible. And uh, at the end of Will Be Fine, I literally skipped that every time I listened to it. Yeah. Same with the follow-up song, Make Me Proud, <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Uh, Nicki Minaj, she's, this is when she started this falling the, off. This, this was the that Starships. Yeah. This was that era. Oh, that was so, a terrible yeah, song. This yeah. is when she, she declined. So Nicki Minaj and Birdman, I could do without them. Man. OVO crew, Young Money, Cash Money is nah, holding Drake back? Nah, they, they are holding him back. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I never won the Birdman verse on any of my hip-hop albums. Uh, no thank you forever. And uh, Birdman, surprisingly enough, not rapping on this song, still garbage. Still He's not even rhyming and it's still garbage. And uh, Nikki, yeah, uh, Nikki, you placed it. This is Starship Nikki and... Uh, Yikes. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have Cardi B today. <laughs> so, hey, 
<laughs> all right, man. Uh, is that all your dislikes for this album, C. Diddy? I'm kind of done. That's it, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, let's get gravy. let's hop into the greatest album. I'll, I'll hop in first. You've been hopping first uh, throughout this whole podcast. I would say this is uh, Take Care is Drake's best album. Not close, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of great songs on this record. Uh, there's a lot of singles. There's a lot of uh, B-side album cuts on this album that deliver. Uh, Drake's doing everything between uh, he's rapping, he's singing, he's emotionally moving us. Um, he's showcasing big talent like Weekend at the time wasn't popping like he is now. Drake kind of gave us Weekend on the large platform, even though the Kendrick Lamar uh, interlude wasn't great or good by any measure. It still was a kind of a foot in the door for Kendrick. And then, so yeah, man, so this Take Care album was just kind of doing a lot right. I would say the only thing that kind of hinders it is that it's a little bit too long. I would say this album is the closest thing Drake has ever put out to a classic, and I would put this album in as an A-. minus. And I would say for all the people that... Um, Bravo. <laughs> thank Bravo. you. And I would say for all the people that kind of uh, mark this album as a classic, which I don't think it is, need to go back and listen to it all the way through. Because I think if you listen to it all the way through, it's pretty obvious that it's not a classic just because like all the filler that the album has and like how um, 2011 this song, it this album is. like A lot of these songs feel dated already and it's only 2018 so i can only imagine how big that gap becomes with uh the more time that passes to me um drake and take care is like at the peak point of like where nelly was when he dropped uh, the nellyville album which is like uh nelly's greatest album and the closest he's got to dropping an album where it's a whole bunch of records, where it's perfect for the time, perfect sonically, you can't hate on the bars, kind of doing everything right, but it's not doing enough to kind of make it timeless. And that's why earlier I said where uh, Drake doesn't drop timeless music, but he drops the most timely music possible. And that's what makes Drake always right for the moment. But uh, take care so far. Uh, still a A minus, just kind of doing everything right. Uh, C Diddy, the floor is yours. You know what? I appreciate that grading from you, Will. This is the first time um, we're close, close <laughs> on our grades. Even when I listen to your podcast on your other Drake projects, you guys have been so far off. I'm more of a Vante type guy. <laughs> um, but you gave Thank Me Later a C plus rating. I gave that an A. Wow. I said Take Care was the number one album for him. And after listening to it over and over this past week, um, I don't agree with you with the timeliness, but there are there there are things that I'm skipping, like yeah. Nicki's verse and uh, so make me proud. Um, the end of Birdman, so the all of Kendrick, so <laughs> all of Kendrick is just one song. You ain't gotta say it like that. <laughs> oh my god! All of him. This land is real. <laughs> so with that being said. I came in thinking it was an A plus album. It's still an A. It's an A album. It's solid. Would you say it's a classic? Yes, I was. Wow. Okay. I, I can put this on right now, um, and I say Max, for example, we'd be. I could be in the car with Max, throw this album on, we'd play it all the way through and enjoy it. Wow. Okay. Do you think Nellyville's a classic album? You know, I was more of a country grammar fan. 
Okay. So it was funny yeah. you mentioned Nelly. Yeah. I was, yeah. Country Grammar was like the peak for me for Nelly, even though that was his first studio yeah. album. Um, this was more Country Grammar than Nellyville. All right. Opinion. That's fair. The only reason I brought up Nellyville is just because uh the hit records. Yeah, Nelly, Nellyville lot, had the more hit. There was, was a the lot hit of record mainstream heavy. stuff in this one. Where? Yeah, this one was a classic. All right, well, see Diddy uh, with the classic stamp, and I know there's a lot of people out there that feel that way. That's why I'm always happy that you're on here kind of uh, voicing your opinion, because I know I kind of come off as a hater, but remember, y'all, I gave it an A-. minus. So <laughs> there's that. And uh, we're going to go ahead and close out here. Uh, see Diddy, thank you for coming coming on the pod, man. I really appreciate you uh, every time you hop on here. If there's anything you want to close out with, the floor is yours. You want to... Plug anything. I know you ain't you ain't on social media, so I'm still on that. So uh, uh, do your thing. James if you want to drop, Patrick. if you want to drop that MySpace page or whatever, <laughs> this is a this is your floor, man. Nah, man. I just I really enjoy listening to the podcast. I look forward to just hearing your stuff in the future. Uh, I'm gonna continue to support it. Uh, Will's right. You can't find me on any platform. So no. this is it, man. Follow them. Follow <laughs> the Pop Review Podcast. Uh, listen to this constantly and, and any future endeavors Vontae and Will has coming up. And uh, like I was telling you before the podcast started, man, get into the R&B, start listening to her, start listening to Daniel Caesar. These uh, Those two artists are like the, the main artists that I'm listening to right now. And get that Cardi B because... That Cardi B? Yeah, that Cardi B is cool. And uh, with that being said, uh, if you guys want to let us know how you feel about this Drake Take Care, uh, let us know how you feel about it on Twitter. You can find us at uh, HHR underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, Let us know your thoughts, feelings. Uh, We hashtag team follow back over here. So if you fuck with us, we fuck with you. And uh, if you listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that, we appreciate your listens. Uh, Thank you for fucking with us. And if you listen to us on iTunes, make sure you drop a review. And uh, yeah, man, uh, Drake, take care. This is the review. Stay blessed.